on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have Q and AF. That's where you submit the questions, and we give you the answers. Um, you can submit your questions a couple different ways. The first way is... Guys, email those questions in to askandy at andyforsella.com. Or you can go on YouTube on this very episode, the Q&AF episodes, which drop every single Monday, and ask your question in the comments there. Don't forget to click subscribe. Now, your questions, they can be about anything. They can be about what's going on in the world. But on this particular show, we like to keep it more so how the fuck we can make you better, okay? Uh, personal development, business, entrepreneurship, how to improve your life. All right. This show, if you weren't aware, used to be called the MFCEO Project. And the MFCEO Project was the number one entrepreneurial podcast of all time, hosted by yours truly. And uh, the reason people listen is because I'm one of the few people out here who doesn't speculate on the things that they teach, but actually has a stack of proof to show you what I've actually built. So uh, what we like to do on this show is help you win. So if you have questions about business, personal development, how to get better, how to build things, uh, this would be the place to ask those shows, okay? Entrepreneurship, success, personal development is the backbone of the content that we provide here, even with the popularity of CTI. And by the way, if you don't know what CTI is, that stands for Cruise the Internet. That's what we do every Tuesday and Friday. That's where we put up topics on the screen. We talk about and speculate what we think is true, what we think is bullshit. And then we talk about how we, the people, are responsible for fixing these problems in society. And you might be asking, why do we have CTI and Q&AF slash entrepreneur content? Why do we do that? Well, because it's very simple. Without freedom, we can't win. Without freedom, we can't build businesses. Without freedom, we can't build success. Without freedom, we can't be entrepreneurs. So we have to pay attention to the soil, which is the freedom, and also what we plant in the soil, which are our lives, all right? So that's how these things go together. It's kind of like peanut butter and jelly. So those are two main shows that we do. And then uh, we have these other shows that we do as well. One of them's called Real Talk. Real Talk is just five to 20 minutes of me giving you some real talk. Uh, Then we have Full Length, which is very similar to what you see on every other podcast on the internet where we bring in someone who's got something to offer and we have a conversation with them. Kind of like what we did with uh, Curtis Bowers, which... We talked about communism in the United States. He's dedicated his life to it, and we just have a conversation. If you haven't listened to that episode, I think it's one of the best we've ever done, by the way. And then we do this thing called 75 Hard Verses. 75 Hard Verses is where we bring people who have completed the 75 Hard Program, who have transformed their lives with the 75 Hard Program. We bring them here live in studio. We talk about how they were before. We talk about how they are now. And then we talk about how you, as well, can change your life with the 75 Hard Program, which you can get for free. Okay? It's the world's most popular, biggest, whatever you want to say, mental toughness transformation program. Okay? It's mega viral. And the reason that you've probably heard about it is because it actually works. And it's also free. So if you want that program, you go to episode 208. You can listen to it. Uh, There's also a book on my website, which is unnecessary because I give you the whole program on episode 208, which is on the audio feeds only. Um, But if you like the book, uh, if you like to know the ins and outs and whys, like I do, 
Uh, it's for me, I can't get into something unless I understand it completely. I did write a book. The book is available on my website, andyforsella.com. Totally unnecessary. You still get the program for free. So uh, that's the rundown of the show. Now, a special thing that we have here on the show is uh, we tell you to pay a fee. The fee isn't Venmo. It's not subscribe to my shit. It's very simple. Share the show. Share the show. All right. If you get value from the show, share the show. That's what we call pay the fee. So uh, it makes you think, it makes you laugh. It gives you some information. If you learn some things, which you're going to, uh, all we ask is that you don't be a hoe and you actually go share the show. All right. So what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah. You Good. Got, what's up with you? Oh, you know, just thinking about that peanut butter jelly you, you alluded to. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. You said it. And that's all I've been focusing on. Oh, in the intro? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly's good. Bro. bro, it's a classic. It's a classic. But it's one of those things, man, you can get, I, like, I get pretty fancy with my P- P- PB&Js. Like, I get fancy with mine. I will out PB&J you any day of the week, bro. Prove it. I fucking, I, we can hold an online, we can invite listeners to come do a live taste test. I'll make my sandwich. Uh-huh. You make your sandwich. A we'll blind invite, taste test. We'll invite some special list. Yes, a blind taste test. Uh-huh. We'll invite some special listeners to come, <laughs> and we will see who makes the better PB and J. And I am one hundred percent certain you will lose. Well, they're gonna know who's who. Who sandwich is who's though? Well, how? Because you're gonna use white bread. I'm gonna use wheat. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, you're more likely to use white bread than me, bro. No, I'm telling you, I got a pretty gangster fucking PB&J. How do you do it? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. All right, we can't tell because then people will know. That's what I'm saying. All right. But I'm telling you right now, it's life changing. Yeah. All right. Well, we're doing it. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do this, (laughs) but stay tuned because we're doing this. Some of you guys are coming to St. Louis to judge our (laughs) PB&Js. We're doing it, bro. We're doing. We're, we're in. All right, this I'm is down. happening. I'm down. I am going to be the champion as I always am, <laughs> you know. And it's going to be awesome. I'm going to get a crown. I'm going to get a peanut butter and jelly crown. It's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah, hey, I'm going to put my foot in mine. That's that's a saying. What's that mean? You know, you put your foot in it. You know, is that a black thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. I've never heard of. That's a fu- yeah. That's a saying. Is that a black saying? Yeah, it is. Is it? Like when the food's is it so Joe? Good? All right. Joe's my official resource. (laughs) Oh, man. We got to get a camera on him. Just so people understood how wild that just was. That's not wild. The man spent his whole life as a hip-hop recording artist producer and making beats. The guy's guy's been around the biggest hip-hop names in the world, bro. He's way more black than you. (laughs) Way more. Way more. All right, man. Is that true? You see? Yeah, that's right. Motherfucker, Look at his haircut. I had a fade. I, I just had to let it go. <laughs> bro, hey, you had to fire it, bro. Whip it out. Yeah. That's all I say. You had to oh. whip it out. All right. <laughs> Listen to this guy. You heard that? Everybody gets quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, no. We got a good show, though, man. I, I, let, let's set that PBJ up, though. All right, for real. I'm in. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Um. But outside of PB&Js, man, I got some good ones for you. All right, good. Let's let's get into this. Andy, guys, question number one. Andy. Uh, hey, Andy, I'm a fairly new listener. Uh, your show was recommended to me by a friend of mine. I would love to get your take on something that I've been wondering about for a while. We talk about this obvious corruption in our government, and it's becoming clearer who the head of the snake is. My question is, how deep does it actually go? 
I do believe our government is bloated to no end, but how deep down the chain do you think it goes? Is it just a bunch of mindless NPCs working fax machines in these government organizations, or are they indirectly or directly involved and culpable as well? I would love to hear your thoughts and input on this. Oh, dude, I think most government employees have no idea what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. I think mo- I think most of the police don't know. I think most of the military is unaware. I think most of the three-letter agencies are unaware. I think I think they're all just doing a job. Mm-hmm. And that's why I would agree with that. Yeah, I don't I, agree with that. I don't feel like your average, you know, uh ATF agent or your average FBI person is like there being like, "Yeah, I'm going to fuck the American yeah. people." Like your mail lady. I'm here, yeah, or you know, like I don't I think they get a bad rep because yeah. um you know, there's a there's a few ways that this needs to be talked about. Okay, they get a bad rep because people understand that the police and the military and these agencies have taken an oath to protect the people, and when they don't see the those people protecting the people, such as when they arrest people on a beach when they're alone and during COVID, right? Right. And cops were arresting business owners for trying to keep their business open, which way they were fully within their rights to do. And, and you know, zooming back, now that's all been proven correct, mm-hmm. right? Um, when they see these agencies do these things, they start to f- believe that the average officer or the average member of the military, the average three-letter person, is part of the quote unquote, you know, corruption, yeah. which I don't see it that way at all. I actually think most of those people are just people who have a job, who probably are in debt, who probably are leveraged, just like you guys are leveraged, um, who have bills to pay, who are afraid to stand up mm-hmm. because they're afraid that it's going to cost them their own ability to, to do their thing, you know, pay their bills, take care of their family. But the problem with that is, is that when these people just go along and they say, well, this is my job, that's how the most incredibly horrible, horrific, you know, things in human history have happened. You know, people who were in a position to stand up and say, this is not right, refused to do so because their own individual situation depended on it. And so that's what I see happening here. And that's not excusing that behavior because I believe that even my personal opinion is, and you guys could say whatever you want. I know we have a lot of police and a lot of you guys listen to this show, especially, you know, you guys are assigned to listen to the show too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, like, shout out to you guys. Uh, you guys are being fucking cowards, man. And because you're being cowards, people are starting to think you're evil. Mm. And you guys have an obligation to stand up for the oath that you took. You know, for years and years and years and years and years, for decades, that oath didn't really mean anything because... There was no, there wasn't this kind of disruption happening in in our society, but now we're in a position where, you know, people are seeing the direction of the corruption and the evil that it could potentially lead to and is leading to. And, uh, not enough of these people are speaking up not enough of these people are making a stand. And here's the thing. If all the police and all the three letter people just stood together and said, no, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. This shit would be over tomorrow. This shit would be over tomorrow. So um, as far as how deep it goes, I don't believe those people are quote unquote in on it, but a number of them are becoming complicit in it with their silence and their passivity and, and their desire to protect their own lives. And what you guys who are listening, 
you know, and you're listening right now and you're saying, yeah, well, fuck you, you know? Well, bro, I'm risking shit too. Mm-hmm. We're all risking shit to talk about this, okay? And real talk, every single one of you that I'm talking to, I'm risking much more than you, much, much more, all right? So, yeah, it's hard and yeah, it sucks and yeah, it's scary. But also, at the end of our lives, we're going to have to come to a point where we have to analyze the actions that we took during our lives and for me, being able to look myself in the mirror and say, bro, you did the right thing. You did what you knew was right is the most important thing. And, uh, you know, I think that's where people got to get to. But I, I do think that if we don't see some sort of awakening and whistleblowing at a mass scale amongst the people who we, the people, pay their salaries with our taxes to protect us, we're, we're going to have big problems here in the country. Mm. And, um, you know, so how far does it go? Are they in on it? No, I don't think they're in on the planning of it, but it's becoming a, to a point where they're complicit in it because they're passive in the situation. So who's behind it? Well, those are the people we talk about on the show all the time. These are these people who are, you know, mega, 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 the wealthiest people in the world who meet once a year in Davos and, you know, to to discuss the direction of the entire Western world. And uh, that is, you know, the World Economic Forum, um, the Bilderberg Group and these people who have been in power for generations and uh, on generations on generations. Um, and they they make deals with each other and and it's them and us. They are very clear on that. That's why we're not invited to those parties. That's why we're not invited to take place. That's why when you try to go to Davos, when the World Economic Forum, unless you're part of their club, you're not allowed in it. So they understand very clearly that it's them and us, but we don't understand that. And that's the biggest problem. The biggest problem is, is that we all have good hearts. We have good intentions and we care about people. They don't. And there's not a single one of us listening here that would say, hey, let's start a group and let's meet once a year and then let's pool our resources and let's make all these rules to make life harder on the rest of the fucking world. Like we would never do that. Would, would you do that? No. Would you would you guys do that? I wouldn't do that either. And I know none of you listening would. We're all good people. But there's people out here that do this. This is why there's good and evil. And I think the biggest problem that we have in this country is that we have we we have been so conditioned to be passive and give people the benefit of the doubt and to say, you know, well, you know, I'm sure it's a coincidence or I'm sure it's incompetence instead of looking at the reality of there's good and evil. And these people doing this stuff to us are evil and they don't care about us and they're willing to sacrifice us. They're willing to kill us. They're willing to make our lives incredibly hard. Like when you guys think about what you learned in high school, and you think about what what you learn now. Now look at what they're teaching today, which is many times less valuable than what we even learn. But even when when I was in high school, and I went to a, at the time what 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 was a very 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 high ranked academic high school, um, they didn't teach me about you know debt. They didn't teach me about how to balance finances. They didn't teach me how to protect myself from. You know, all of these things that we, we deal with as a human being once we're kicked out into the real world. Like, and that's because our debt is their asset and our struggle is their win. And they want us to struggle and they want us to be indebted and they want us to struggle in a way where it's hard for us to get ahead because if we're in debt, we're in debt to them. 
that makes them rich. And if we struggle to get ahead, that means we're less powerful to provide any sort of resistance to anything that they do. And so when we really like break this down, you have to understand that our entire system is corrupted, even down to the way that uh, uh, the things that they teach us at a basic level. And so, you know, when you guys think about where's it start, where's it end, what it is, it who's doing it, this and that, it's not as simple as saying, oh, it's Joe Biden. Like, bro, this has been going on for a hundred years. This is this is our systems. This is our way. Our our our, like when you really like if you you guys who are business owners out here, like if you were an average person and you actually understood how small and medium-sized businesses get taxed and you actually understood how they tax you exactly the right way so that you can barely get ahead. And then they have the biggest companies in the world pay zero tax. And then these biggest companies in the world then put out propaganda to you to get you fired up saying tax the rich. Like that tax the rich messes that you see from AOC, that comes from the richest people in the world. And they want you to look at your neighbor or your local entrepreneur and burn their business down because they, you know, they're they're the rich to you. Right. They know that you're not going to look at them and think they're the rich. You're going to look at your neighbor driving a BMW and say, fuck that guy. And this is all psychological societal propaganda that we've been dealing with for a long time. So like where, who's in charge? Where does it go? I mean, dude, that's a history lesson that would take me literally 10 fucking hours to unpack. But at the end of the day, uh, the World Economic Forum is the centerpiece for it, in my opinion, along with all the governments that align with them, along with, uh, you know, really that's it. All the governments that align with the World Economic Forum and the people of the World Economic Forum are causing 98% of the disruption in society. And that's why when Trump was in office, he went in there and fucking fuck with him and pulled out. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't be a part of that. No, no. I just pulled up some of these uh, federal tax rates on some of these companies, man. This shit is sickening. Like there, there's companies that are operating on a negative tax rate. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how the fuck that's possible. Yeah, they're getting tax grants from our government. So, like, this is what people don't understand. When they say tax the rich, they want you to yell at me. Mm. Okay. While the biggest companies in the world get government funding for their projects. You see what I'm saying? That's insane. No, bro, people don't understand it. They don't teach you, they don't teach you the shell game. Like, like you know, like you walk down the street in New York and you see the dude with the three cups and the ball. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna teach you the trick. No. But I can promise you the trick is to keep you struggling, to keep you unhealthy, to keep you sick, to keep you dependent to keep you confused so that they can maintain control and power and, and uh, prestige over us. And, and, and bro, it's us versus them. They understand that very clearly. We don't understand that. We're not smart enough to understand it. They don't allow us to be smart enough to understand it. Like if you were operating from this place and you, would you, and now you're them. Mm -hmm. Now, real talk. Now I know you're a good dude and like you wouldn't really do this, yeah. but let's say you're them. Okay, and you have everything in the world. The, you've been brought up to believe the world is yours and that these people do not matter. They're, these are no different than you or I would look at. And, and people get mad when I say this, but this is true. They don't have any more care for us than we would have care for a cockroach in a infestation in our garage. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you were them, 
Why would you teach us how to win? Why would you teach us how to be healthy? Why would you teach us how to make money? Why would you teach us how to become independent? Why would you teach us any of the things that are required to actually become better human beings? There's no motivation there to do so. No, because all of those things threaten my position. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to understand the position to understand why things are the way they are. And when we unload the educational system as a load of shit, which we all know it is, it makes sense as to why it's a load of shit, right? They want us to be incapable of any sort of resistance. And at the same time, they need us to produce their taxable income that they can then go spend and use and steal. That's what the fuck it is. And that's the system we live in. And if we paid a 10% tax, uh, you know, as a, as like if this country was truly patriotic and truly cared about its people and truly stood for the things that they, people say it stands for, that we've been led to believe it stands for, then we would tax the citizens the minimum amount it would need to make this country safe and, uh, and, and powerful enough to protect itself. And then, you know, uh, prominent in terms of financial success, but that's not what happens. Okay. Cause you could do that on a 10% tax rate. All right. If everybody paid 10%, those those global corporations you're Googling, your neighbor, the the all the fucking people that don't pay any taxes, if everybody paid 10%, we'd have more than enough money to make this country exactly what it's supposed to be and enough left over to make it even better than that. But but dude, like you guys are not understanding like that 50, 60, 70% of tax you pay when you uh, add up all the taxes you pay, right? Not just income tax, but you know, sales tax, sales tax, your your property tax, all these things that you stack up, you're paying plus fifty percent of that to the government, and they're stealing that, mm-hmm. and that makes you a slave. You're a slave. You pay more tax to the government when you add it all up than you get to take home. That means you exist to provide for them, and that is the fucking dot, the connecting of the dots that is not connecting for people. People are not understanding it because they're constantly distracting us with propaganda saying tax the rich, but they're really talking about the middle-class business owner or the successful middle-sized business owner like me, right? And not the biggest companies in the world that are worth fucking a hundred billion, 50 billion fucking dollars. Okay. They let those guys off the hook. Why do they not attack those guys? Why do they not? Hold on. Why? Why do they not go after those guys? Why do they make it the mid-level guys? Because they need the societal disruption, the class warfare to divide for their agenda. And they don't want to piss off the people who actually fund their shit. This is why you have such a uh, big disparity amongst people who vote for the Democrats. Democrats are only two kinds of people to vote. What kind are they? They're broke, super broke, super poor, super destitute, or they're super wealthy and don't have a care in the world. And the super wealthy ones lie straight up to get the broke ones to vote for them and then make laws to make those people suffer more and they profit off that suffering. And that's that's what we're dealing with with the left. The right ain't much better, but they're not as bad as the left. The right has its own problems. They're cowards. Okay, they're not standing for what this country's supposed to be. They're in on the take too in a certain ways, but they're not in on the take like these guys on the progressive left are. These people are straight up unethical crooks. So... We could talk about this and talk about this and talk about this, but at the end of the day, we're peasants, they're them, they hate us, and we have to learn that they're our enemy, and we're going to make any progress, and we have to stop infighting, we have to stop arguing, we have to stop 
you know, picking each other apart. And we have to start realizing that it's us versus them, just like they understand that it's them versus us. They very clearly understand that. Try to go to a Bilderberg party. Try to go to fucking World Economic Forum. Try to go to one of these. Try to go talk to these people. They got their own police. Bro, they don't give a fuck. (laughs) They'll spit in your fucking face, bro. Mm -hmm. You are a cockroach to them. And until we start understanding this at scale, nothing can ever change because the division, the identity politics, the arguments over abortion, the arguments over race, the arguments over class warfare, the arguments over the black square, the vaccine, the mask, Ukraine, now the Middle East. These are all surface level arguments that they that they prop up in society for people to fucking divide each divide over, which allows them to maintain control. So we're getting hit from all these different places, right? We're getting hit from our education system. We're getting hit from our financial structure. We're getting hit from the media and the propaganda. And because we're getting hit from all these places and we're always fucking being overwhelmed by this shit, how do we ever sit down and have a conversation like, oh, bro, whoa, whoa, whoa. These people are fucking us all. Mm-hmm. That's what they're afraid of. They're af- that's why they banned fucking bars during COVID, bro, because the seeds of revolution were sown in taverns. That's a that's a famous saying that's been around for 250 fucking years. Like restrict the action. Yeah, bro. Everybody bonds over a beer. It doesn't matter what your fucking politics are. And like, bro, you're sitting across, you know, I'm sitting in a bar and there's a bunch of dudes over there that, you know, maybe they look a little different than me. In whatever way, might be drinking Bud Light. Yeah, whatever, bro. Like, yeah, they can do whatever. <laughs> and and you know, eventually you look up and you're like, "What's up, guys?" And they're like, "Nah, man, what's up with you? We're good, bro. What do you guys think of this bullshit?" Mm-hmm. Well, fuck, man, we think this shit is bullshit. Well, fuck, we do too. And they don't want us finding out that everybody thinks it's bullshit. Yep. So, like, dude, until and this is what I was getting on with on CTI last week. With the conservative influencers, like you pro-freedom influencers that continue to propagate for these people, you're a fucking pawn in their machine without even understanding it. Like we need fucking real unity, bro. We need people to get along at the street level. We need people to commit to personal excellence. And the only thing that we have right now that we're in control of is our own individual commitment to break free of the matrix by becoming personally excellent. If they want us fat, you can't be a fat ass. If they want you broke, you got to try not to be broke. If they want you consuming all these pills, do your best to fucking be healthy so you don't need them. If they want you streaming all this bullshit data and scrolling on your phone, go touch some fucking grass, man, and create some shit in real life. Like, unplug yourself by becoming personally excellent. That's the only thing we can do besides unite as an as a as a people which i don't think we're ready to do yet i still see these people falling for this thing over and over and over again and real talk you guys the millions of you that listen to this show you should be yelling at those people and saying bro you fucking guys are part of the fucking problem man Mm -hmm. like you guys are on here every day dividing everybody hyping everybody up you're not trying to solve anything how about let's hear what your solutions are because i got a thing in my businesses it's real simple You're not allowed to bring me a problem unless you bring me a fucking solution. And we got lots of people out here crying about the problems. Everybody knows the problems. Everybody can open their wallet. Everybody can go to the gas pump. Everybody can go to a fucking grocery store. Everybody can look at their fucking adjustable mortgage rate. Everybody can look at rent. We know there's a fucking problem. What are we going to do about it? That's what I want to hear. That's what I would like to see. Where's the solutions? Because as far as I know, there's me. And like maybe three other people out there providing actual solutions. What are the solutions? 
The only solutions I know besides legitimately creating violence, which, dude, I think is a bad idea. I think we lose that battle. Is to fucking become personally excellent, commit to that as individuals, bring that example home, change the culture in our communities, and then also work to unite people. Those are the only two things I can think that will fucking fix what's going on. Because if you went and did a violent revolution, do you think they're not going to do what they did at J6? Do you think they're not... Like, let's, everybody's like, oh, it's time for violence. Well, okay. So you get the, 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 the most violent people together to go do this violence, and they drone strike the entire group, and then you have no leaders. Now what? You fucking guys are, you guys are fucking idiots. Like, you can't think through shit. You need, we need people to have the track record of critically thinking their way through life. I happen to be one of those people. I've been very fucking successful in real life. And I'm telling you, I've thought about this. I've dedicated a major part of my life to this. I understand exactly what the fuck is going on within my capacity to understand it. And the only two solutions we have here are to take individual responsibility for ourselves to become unplugged from the matrix, meaning don't be fat, don't be broke, don't be lazy, don't be stupid, and work to be a great example of a human being and then work to unite people. Those are the only two things that we have the capacity to actually do and control. And those happen to be the two things that will restore greatness to America in a real way. Not Trump comes in as a new president or fucking whoever, right? Me or anybody. Bro, even if you guys elected me as president, which, you know, I can't fix your fucking shit. I can't fix your life. I can't make you not fat. I can't make you smarter. I can't make you wealthy. Only you can do that. And until everybody takes control of that and says, bro, I'm going to live at a high standard regardless of what the fuck is going on in the world, we got nothing to talk about. It ain't going to get fixed. And the reason people shy away from this as a solution is because it takes personal effort to execute. It's not easy. No, it's hard to do. It's real shit, man. But we got a big problem. And, and I can tell you this, as hard as that will be to do, it's going to be easier than what, the, what they're going to do to us, which is making us eat bugs and starve and have nothing. Mm-hmm. And you'll be happy. I mean, they tell you right to your face. 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. You know, they've already got half of you convinced that's a good idea because you don't own shit anyway. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. You know, they go to these Gen Z. It's impossible to own shit. Bro, they, so go to most, these, yeah. they go to these Gen Z kids who haven't, and by the way, there's a lot of good Gen Z kids too. I'm not going to sit oh, here. I'm, I'm not going to be one of these douchebags that throws them all under the bus because it ain't true. There's a lot of great ones. But they go to these kids of any age, they did it to fucking. They did it to fucking millennials. They did it to. They done it to every generation. The, the 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 communist left goes to the kids who haven't had any time in real life to build anything real, and then they like sell them on this idea of how unfair it is that they, bro, you're 17, you're not supposed to have shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're fucking 25, you're supposed to not have shit yet. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't have shit in your life yet doesn't mean you're getting fucked. It means you're 20 fucking five. That's the game. Yes. It's the first quarter. Like bro, so they sell them this idea. Yeah. They sell them this idea that the world is not a fair place. But the reality is if you go out there and talk to anybody who's actually built anything, they're going to tell you, yeah, it's really fucking hard, but you'll get out what you put in. Why do you think every successful person says that? Why do you think that it, you think they're all just got together on a story? No, motherfucker, that's how it works. Like, it's hard, but if you do the work, it produces a result. That's it. Like, mowing the grass in July when it's 115 fucking degrees outside, guess what? That's hard. But if you do it, 
the grass still gets cut. You see what I'm saying? Like this is a this is a fallacy that is sold to our youth that doesn't have the life perspective to understand that they're not supposed to have anything yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's how they mobilize these young kids. But like a lot of these young kids are getting smart enough to where they're realizing like, fuck, if I buy into this, I'll never have anything. That's refreshing to see as well. Absolutely, man. Absolutely love it, man. Guys, Andy, question number two. Andy, I am currently working for my father who owns a very successful business, which is continuously growing. Uh, My father built the business from the ground up, which puts tons of pressure on me to continue his success. I know statistically speaking, second generation businesses typically don't survive. I use this as motivation to not only maintain what my father has built, but to continue to grow and prove that I can do what he did and more. What advice do you have for second generation business owners like myself who refuse to be another failed business statistic? The fact that you're aware of this and that this drives you already is really what you need. Okay. So here's that's fundamental. No, that's the reason you're not going to be that person. Mm. Awareness is the key here, dude. This is why 75 hard works so well because it's not because it's a diet program or it like, bro, it brings you to a level of awareness that you can now discern between two distinct influences in your life, your boss voice, which tells you to do all the shit you know you're supposed to do, and your bitch voice, which works tirelessly to talk you out of doing those things. And when you become aware of those things, then all of a sudden it's a different game because you don't want to be a fucking loser. So you tell the bitch voice, shut the fuck up, and you become aware of it. Now you have a skill that your whole life called awareness, right? Most people live their life with no awareness. And the reason most second generation businesses fail isn't because there's some like disadvantage to second generation businesses. It's because they lack the awareness to what this individual just described in his question or in her question, which is this. I understand that second generation businesses fail. I don't want to be one of those people. I have taken it upon myself to prove to myself and everybody around me that this second generation business person isn't going to fucking tank like all those other pussies, okay? You are already aware of this, which gives you a huge competitive advantage because the people who kill their parents' businesses, they kill them because they they don't have what you have in your brain and your heart right now. They have an entirely different set of programming, which goes like this. I'm rich, my dad was rich, my parents were rich, Now I'm rich and I get to keep being rich. And because I grew up rich and because I grew up with money and because that means I'm always going to have these things. So it really doesn't matter what I do. Look at my bank account. It looks great. I drive a Mercedes. That's awesome. I have a nice house. I have a lake house and they don't worry about a motherfucking thing until the shit is burnt to the ground. And then they're like, oh, fuck. And that's where they learn their awareness. They're going to learn the awareness eventually. But because they're not aware on the front side, they get taught the awareness on the backside, which is in the form of a failed business. So a lot of times, guys, and this goes for any problem in your life, if you are just aware enough to to be understanding of the position that you're in in a real way, this is why this show's called uh, Real AF, by the way. The welcome to reality. That's why we say welcome to reality, because this is fucking reality, okay? If you're aware of reality and where you sit in it, it makes it very easy to navigate. It's when you tell yourself stories that aren't true that that gets you in positions you don't want to be in. So, you know, when you think about like yourself right now, this person who asked this question, I would personally bet 
and I would bet this for real, that that person will go on to take the business to multiple levels above their parents. Because that happens a lot too. There's a lot of second generation business people who took what their parents built and fucking 100 exit, right? That's how you should look at it. That's the mentality you should have. What your parents did, they set you up for a good a good base. And that's okay. Some people are going to talk shit. And the bigger you get, they're going to say, daddy gave him a silver spoon and all this other fucking loser shit. Okay. Here's how you shove it down their fucking throats by taking what the fuck your parents built and building it to a hundred X that level. And then what are people going to say? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, they're going to say the same shit, but you're going to look at them and be like, suck my dick, bro. I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so my dad did give me a silver spoon. I yeah. made it gold. How, how the fuck did my dad get me here when my dad didn't even get here? He don't know how to fucking get here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the story. So, like, you know, how you... It's kind of funny because that's... For people who were born into their parents' business, that's their biggest uh, insecurity, right? People saying you were born with a silver spoon or daddy gave you something or this or that. And and I know this because this is a question I get all the time from people who, who are in this situation. How do I get people to stop saying that? Like, this is fuck, blah, blah, blah. Go build something that's so undeniably, massively more impactful and bigger than what your parents built and shove it down their fucking throats. Yeah. So that's my answer. The fact that you're aware is what's going to save you from becoming that. And I, I think you're thinking about it the right way. I think that should be your mission. And I think anybody who finds themselves in a position th where they were taught things by their parents, they should escalate those things many times over. That's the why your parents taught you that. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad was an entrepreneur. Now, he never gave me anything. He never wrote me a check. He never handed me shit. But I did learn a lot of shit, right? I was around his business. I got to see how it ran. I learned a lot of things. And, you know, and, and quite honestly, this is just real shit. I've taken it to about 100 fucking times the level that he did. Actually, mathematically more than that. All right. So, what are you going to say? Right. That's my dad's proud of that. Right. He's right over there. He's got an office. He's on my payroll. I can see his, I see him. He's right there. See, <laughs> if I go over there and ask him if he's proud, then we went out and built something many multiple times bigger than what he's going to say. Yeah. That's why the fuck I taught you that. That was the point. Yes. And so, you have an obligation to think about it the way you think about it. And, uh, and, and the reason that people fail is because they're not afraid of what you're afraid of. Hmm. I want to ask you this because, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, but like when I was thinking about this question, I imagine like, you know, you're a 1970 Chevelle, right? Yep. That Chevy, when it was made in 1970, it was a beautiful, beautiful vehicle, mm -hmm. runs great, right? You know, but it's 2023. Mm -hmm. it puts a, you know, it's a different time. There's new tires that have come out, you know, maybe new synthetic oil. How do you know? what to change on that 1970 to keep it running. It's already running. Oh, you mean in terms of the business? In terms of the business. Oh, right? well, bro, right? that's the greatest thing. So, so you know, once you get, see, and this is a great, this is a, that's a fucking great question. Okay. So I'm glad you asked that. A lot of these younger people, they understand the world in such a different way yeah. than what like somebody who's that. See, I'm lucky, bro. Like I'm in that very fucking like, and very, very rarely will I say I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. You will never hear me say it, but I'm going to say, here's where I got lucky. I was lucky to be born at the exact fucking right time where I built a fucking very successful business pre-internet. And then I was able to fucking build another one post-internet. 
You see what I'm saying? Have both sides. Yes. Of it, yeah. And that's what makes me understand what we do and why I'm successful at it. Yeah. A lot of these other brands, the reason they struggle so hard is because they only have been around for five, seven, 10 years in a post-internet world. They don't understand how business was done before because they're too young to understand it. That's where my advantage is. Like, dude, that's a gift. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking a blessing. Dude, yeah. I do not say I got lucky, but I got lucky about that. I can't control where that, when I got fucking born. All right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, was it was it lucky, or did you make the the did you make the right pivots to adjust as an entrepreneur? To that new, new place. I was born when two thousand and one happened. I was twenty one years old. Okay, that's when the internet started going. The next seven or eight years, social media wasn't really a thing. That's when I made my first, built my first eight figure business that was successful. Right. Mm -hmm. I pivoted those same principles into the technology that we have. My point in saying all this is that the world continues to evolve. And so if you're parent, like in this scenario where the parents have built a good base, this young person who might have a different perspective because they've grown up in an entire different world might be able to come in and be like, well, why don't we do this for that? Mm -hmm. Why don't we try to do that? And as long as there's open discussion where you don't just discount the parents because you think they're old and you don't just uh, you know, run with your ideas because you think this is the way it's supposed to be now, you're gonna come to this peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Yeah. That tastes really fucking good, much better than yours. It probably <laughs> tastes like mine, okay? But you're gonna come to this level of, 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 of coming together mm -hmm. that's going to bring together the things that you did right the old way and the things that can be done to improve upon them with the new technology. And now you have something that other people don't have. Yeah. So what this person has is an opportunity to sort of do what I've done in a different way by leveraging their parents' knowledge of their business. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, and I think that's the game. I think the game, I think, and I don't think this, I have like, <laughs> stacks and stacks of stacks of undeniable fucking track record and evidence over the last 24 and a half years 20 i'll be in business 25 years on january 1st bro it's wild so knowing what i know and understanding what i understand this person's situation is almost perfectly aligned with my situation if their ability to to understand the way business was done before is translated into the way technology is now. Mm -hmm. and, and what I was getting the point at here is that in my opinion, which isn't really opinion, it's a fact because we can look at all the evidence, is that that's the game. The game is to take old school business and then utilize technology to do the business. Yeah, it's real shit, man. Guys, Andy, our third and final question. Question number three, Andy. Hey Andy, I got a five-year-old and I wanted to ask you, how would you teach the concept of earning the things? I beat them. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, beat just beat them. <laughs> just beat your kids. Yeah. Hey, listen, Put, I make out, a TikTok out of that shit. I turned out just fine. Yeah, just <laughs> beat them. Uh, but how how would you how would you go about teaching the concept of earning the things that they want? For example, she's got a long list of toys, dolls, dresses, etc. that she wants us to buy, uh, but because there are not. Now, those aren't needs. I don't feel comfortable just buying her whatever she wants. Is, it, is this question from you? No, no, it's real. Oh, okay. No, that's real. It's not for me. No, I, 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 I knew the answer. I'd beat the shit out of him. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't no surprise. Um, <laughs> yeah, they go on to say, I know traditionally parents. Well, use... I know you guys got a little princess over there, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah two of them. It's yeah. hard. It is hard to say no, but I mean, how do you do it? 
Say fucking no. All right. Well, answer uh, mine. Mine not old enough. Hold on. Like, let's we, ask the question. She's, we'll, still, she's still in that phase. Of like I just, you know, you can get it right now. She ain't at the, Oh, so you. Oh, she's young, man. I got it. Yeah, All right, she ain't there yet. All right, so we got a big shit talker in the house. Side, That's yeah. right. There he is. I'm All right, let's I'm, let's I'm, get. I'm a fucking couple we'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but, Sorry, uh, I keep interrupting. No, you're good. Um, she says, I know traditionally parents use things like uh, completing chores and getting good grades and schoolwork to accomplish this, but these days I've heard that bribing kids can actually backfire um, because ultimately we want them to learn to be internally motivated instead of externally motivated. You got any thoughts on this? Yeah, a lot. But let's get back to what we were talking about. <laughs> okay, first off, my peanut butter and jelly's beating yours all yeah, day. Second off, debatable. how do you handle this in your house? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think I think for me it's a little different. Like my daughter, my, my like she's three years old, man. Like it's very hard to say no. You're not beating her yet? No, not yet. No. <laughs> no. Um, I'm sure she's gonna get there, man, because she's getting a little sassy. Yeah, like she's sassy as shit. She's a star, bro. Yeah, man. Listen. She's uh. So you wrote this question. You want me to answer it? No, no. Okay. I, 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 listen, I, got I will be approaching this for sure. Right. But I mean, because like that it. is so a DJ big submitting thing. his own questions. <laughs> huh? You too? All right, both of you guys. Hey, well, you, right. Yours is fire. This, this is actually Joe's fucking yeah, question. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was one of you guys. All right, so um, but earning right, like motive, yeah. internal motivation, like earning principle basics. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that. You understand the kids can understand reality very, very simply. Mm-hmm. When I was a young kid, my dad took me to the graveyard and where his, uh, his adopted father is buried. And I was only like, I don't know, three or four. And we went and he's like, see that right there? He's like, that's your grandpa. He's in the ground there. And guess what? He ain't coming back. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, once you're dead, you're dead. You can't come back. He said, that's why you can't do anything stupid. That's why you don't run in the street. That's why you don't, because once it happens, you're in the ground forever. All right. And dude, I'm fucking, I'm 44 years old. I still remember that shit. All right. I got it right away. Like fucking be careful. Got it. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have to understand that kids have the capacity to understand these things if we explain them. And we also have to understand that we have an obligation to teach these kids the way things actually work in real life from a very young age. And where I see parents getting a lot of trouble, and this is perpetuated with the school system and the way that these values have been taught over the last 20 plus years. You know, if you got a person who went to high school and, and, and they're coming out right now, bro, like real talk, you guys have been fucked. Like you've been taught the wrong things. And if you want to look at the what the wrong things are versus what the right things are, we can look at all the things society says, which is everything's supposed to be fair. Everything's supposed to be equal. Everybody gets what they want. Everybody's a superstar if they're loyal to themselves. I'm not in competition with anyone. I'm only in competition with myself. Uh, tr- participation trophies matter. People's feelings matter. We can, we can scoop all that over here and probably a whole bunch of other stuff, right? I'm missing. But in real life, let's go watch a football game. And let's think about what goes into the football game, okay? Football game, these dudes are on the verge of a physical fight to the point of injuring themselves and sometimes even killing themselves to win it. They practice their entire lives. They practice hard. They lift weights. They eat the right foods. And they did that for 20 fucking years before you ever saw them on a college football Saturday, all right, in most cases. Mm -hmm. 
Now, what do that? What does that example show us? It shows us that work in equals results. It shows us that work must be done over the course of a long time. It shows us that competition is very real, and it shows us that winners are rewarded for winning the competition at a very exponentially uh, high rate. Okay, like nobody gives a fuck about who lost the Super Bowl last year. Who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody cares about who fucking lost the World Series the other day. Like people are talking about the team that won. Right. That's that's life. Okay, so we have two very distinct ideologies in society where both are valued, which is super interesting, right? Like, how do you convince the population that real life is this idealistic nonsense where there is no competition and people win them for showing up and life just takes, how do you, and then still get them to pay for football? Hmm. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense, at least to me. So when we think about if we want our kids to win, we have to show them the model that wins. And the model that wins is the game of football mm. or the game of athletics that we can observe in real life. It's called natural order. The best people win and they get rewarded. And all this other shit that they teach, that's fucking, that you're handicapping your fucking child. Okay? So when your kid wants a, uh, you know, a fucking bike, you know, I would do something like what my dad did. My dad made me earn all my shit. All right? And, and my dad had the means to buy me a bike. Or, you know, whatever the fuck he wanted to buy me. But when I went to him, when I was like seven or eight, I said, Dad, I, I want a bike. I wanted a mongoose. Mongoose back in the day. I don't know if mongoose is good still, but mongoose used to be the shit. That's the shit. All right? So I wanted a mongoose fucking BMX bike so I could be cool, right? And do bunny hops. But the reality was, is my dad was like, no, I'm not getting you a fucking bike. Like, you're going to go earn the bike because that's the way the world works. Mm -hmm. And you know what I did? I went door to door and I sold fucking light bulbs until I earned enough money to buy the bike. Now, where did I get the light bulbs? Well, I got them from my dad. He helped me out. That's what's called good parenting, right? He gave me a vessel to do the work. I learned the lesson. It stuck with me. And here the fuck I am. Okay. But like that's those things stuck with me since I was a kid, right? Like when I, when I talk about when I first saw the Lamborghini and I said, dad, what's that? And he's like, that's a Lamborghini. And I'm like, holy shit. The next thing he followed it up with was, hey, you got to work really hard to have a car like that. There ain't no mongoose. No, yeah. He's like, look. Yeah. And and do you know where most parents would look at that guy and be like, you don't want to be that guy. That guy's a greedy fuck. My dad did the opposite. My dad said, hey, you know what? If that's what you want, this is what it's going to take. Mm -hmm. When we would drive down the street and I said, look at that. He'd be like, all right, well, if you want that, this is what that's going to take. And that was a constant reinforcement that Sal and I both got from our dad. Sal wanted to be a professional baseball player. And so, you know what my dad told him? He said, well, you're going to have to fucking practice every motherfucking day. And do you know why Sal was uh, fucking, you know, the baseball player that he was? Because he practiced every motherfucking day. You know why he's 10 times better than me at baseball? Because while he was practicing, I was playing fucking video games. You understand? Yep. So, like, I, you, we learn these things um, through practical lessons. As a parent, you just have to be brave enough to teach them. This is also why I write the children's books. I write the children's books. A lot of you guys don't know. I write children's books and have since 2016. And the whole entire reason that we fucking produce these books is to provide a tool for parents like this person who may not understand exactly what to teach or maybe they haven't been able to find success yet in their life. And how do you expect someone who's never found success to teach their children the principles of success confidently? Well, we have to give them tools. 
And so this set of children's books, which are available on my website, um, basically provide the tools for the parents to teach the values that apply to the football model of life, which is uh, parallel to real life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you touch on too, real quick on on because you know she mentioned like you know this being internally motivated versus externally motivated, you know, and and I feel like there like there's a certain point or or, or segment of society that like they're they're still kind of like looking down on on materialistic goals. <laughs> And you know the way I would. Yeah, there is. You know what? You know those people are called losers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's like so you shouldn't listen to those. There's nothing wrong with material goals, especially. Not only is there nothing wrong with it, material goals actually lead to a tremendous amount of good things. Let me explain this to you. Okay, so Gary V used to bust my balls about material shit, and I love Gary. I wouldn't be here without Gary. Okay, so this is not a knock on Gary. Gary's one of the smartest guys I've ever known. But Gary also is from New York. All right. He's taking cab everywhere his whole fucking life. He doesn't understand cars. I'm a car guy. I've been playing with Hot Wheels since I was fucking five, four years old and micro machines and RC cars. I fucking love cars, bro. And so and and come, you know, in all fairness, his argument is don't get the car just to show off. Okay, mm-hmm. like and that's a fair argument. But Gary and I have had this conversation so many times over the years And I always explain this to people, you know, people who shit on material success. There is a time in your life when you have nothing where material success could potentially be the only thing that will pull you through the hard times. And so when we villainize material success, we're taking away people's dreams and saying you're immoral for having those dreams. Hmm. And when we tell people they're morally inferior for having dreams of personal success when they have nothing, we're taking away maybe the only thing that these people will have that will pull them through. All right. So there's the first problem with it. The second problem with it is that nobody thinks of the big picture implications of what material things can actually provide by having those goals. Now, when I started in business, I didn't know shit about business, but here's what I did know. I wanted to be rich and I wanted to have cool cars and I wanted to do cool shit with my friends. All right. So the first fucking three years where I didn't get paid shit, all I thought about was, Hey man, this is going to be worth it because I'm going to get to here. Okay. And then the next seven years where I got paid $695 a month, you know what I thought about? I thought, man, you know what? This is really hard, but I'm already three years in. That means I'm three years closer to my Lamborghini than I ever was before, right? right? right. And these thoughts pulled me through because there's going to be this gap between where you are currently and where you want to be that's going to have to, you're going to have to have something to look forward to to pull you through. Otherwise, you have no hope, all right? And when you're young and you have nothing, the hope is, hopefully, I won't always have nothing, right? (laughs) So... So you you paint these pictures in your head of like driving up to the restaurant and the Lamborghini and getting out and everybody being like, damn, and like, you know, that shit's great. Like, it's fucking one of the coolest things ever. I hope you get to experience it. It's awesome. But the reality is, is that eventually what happens is, is you mature and you get a little bit older and you start to value other things. And, and so without the material things, you can't ever get to the point to actually value the real things, which is the people that you're doing the things with and the people you're trying to provide value for. Okay, so you, you go from your ambition being selfish to your ambition being selfless with a, over the course of time, especially after you've experienced some of these things, right? Like what cars mean to me now are not the same thing they meant to me 10 years ago. Like I don't walk in my garage 
like everybody else does that walks in my garage and is like, holy shit. To me, I'm just walking through the garage. I don't give a fuck, right? I could do with or without any of those things. My passion now has grown into this bigger mission that I care about, which is providing careers for the people that go to war with me every day and doing so in a way that actually benefits other people. And though that mission becomes the passion, whereas for the first 10 years, it was about what the fuck I could get. And here's the ironic thing. And this is the best lesson of the whole thing. Once you actually make that switch, you actually do much better in business because business has to do with you trading something of value for money. So when you become more focused on the value that you're creating for your employees and your customers, those people go out and do a better job and they get better benefit. And then all of a sudden your business does better. So you actually become way more successful by making it about other people. But you can't get to that point without the selfish desires, whatever that might be. And so when people shit on success and material things, they're not thinking about that because they've never experienced it, which goes back to my fucking point of motherfuckers talking about shit they've never been through, which is the entire fucking internet. Now, Gary has a fair perspective because his perspective is don't buy the shit and put yourself in a negative situation to, uh, you know, financially and hold up your success to show off. That's also true. Yeah. No, but that's that, yes. reasonable. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, so there's nuance to the discussion, but ultimately, no, there's nothing wrong with material things. In fact, material things are, are oftentimes very necessary for people to pull through the hardest times of their lives mm -hmm. so that they can succeed through that. And you can't listen to any fucking loser on the internet. Bro, we have so much loser talk on the internet. It's 90% losers. Like 90% of what you consume on the internet is from fucking losers. And you let that, you cannot, you should mute every single person. You should fucking unfollow every single person, all of them, who spew that user, that loser shit. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. Like, it's, here's what it is. It's people, because here's what people do, and I've been alive long enough to notice this. They start out with ambitions. Those people wanted material success too. They wanted the shit too. They wanted a bank account too. They wanted all that shit. But here's what they found out. They weren't able to actually cut it, okay? And then they adjust their whole dream, and then they come out in, in, the, in the social media and they say, I've reevaluated my priorities in life, and you know all the shit that I used to think was cool I think is for losers now, and what I actually think cool is what I was calling a loser just a year ago, exactly. right? And really what it is is they've given up on their hopes, on their dreams, on their success, and they've adopted a new persona to fit what it is they're doing now so that they're not embarrassed and they can save face. Mm -hmm. And that's what, it, you have to know what you're looking at. And people, I'm gonna get a lot of people being like, oh, that's not always what it is. Yeah, it is, that's what the fuck it is. You couldn't fucking cut it, you did it for long enough, then you had some sort of fucking decision to make, and you said, well, instead of me fighting harder through the time to get where I ultimately wanted to go, I'm just going to accept my reality and I'm gonna pretend what it's, what, what it's always wanted to start with, which isn't even true. Yeah. Just gracefully bow. Yes. Yeah. So you have to understand what they're looking at and who this loser language comes from. That's it comes from people who have literally given up on themselves. That's who's telling you this shit. So pay it no mind. These people don't know anything. They're not more enlightened. They're not morally superior to you because because that's where they try to take it. They always try to take it as I'm enlightened and I'm morally superior than you because I don't like material things. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, I rubbed myself with lavender and smoked ayahuasca. That's all you got. <laughs> that, hold on. Hold on. What else do they got? Yeah. 
What else can they talk about? What else can they say? That's all they can fucking say. And if that's all they can say, that their opinion doesn't mean anything because they have no option to have a relevant opinion outside of the only thing they, they're avail- they have available to say. So why would you give them any weight in anything that you do? You shouldn't. Like, those people are fucking losers. 20 years ago when they spewed that shit, we called those people losers. In fact, the internet should bring that back. Like, get that loser talk out of here, loser. Like, these are fucking losers. They're fucking losers, bro. And they're going to lose. And if you hang around with them, you'll lose too. If you listen to them, you'll lose too. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, guys, Andy, that was three. Go pay the fee. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold. Bad 